0: Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt podcast and your day at Indy episode. Who's your guest? Well, it's your host. 9.05 p.m. here on a Thursday evening at a pretty busy afternoon and early evening as well. A lot of things happening on the home front with appointments and whatnot. So timing just did not work out to have a driver guest or similar. So I asked you on our Marshall Pruitt podcast Facebook page to send in some questions for me to knock out here. And then I'm going to get moving on some more stories. Hope you guys are following along everything that we are posting on racer.com. Been, uh, it's been a blast. So let's get rolling here with our usual thanks to you for sending in these questions and to Cooper Tires and the Justice Brothers for supporting us and our good, good pals at torontomotorsports.com who will be on site for the Indy 500 with their beautiful new merchandise trailer. And we're going to have some really cool stuff. I don't know when we're going to put it out, but got some new t-shirts celebrating. Good, good old friend and a friend of the show, William Theodore Ribs, Willie T. Ribs. 30th anniversary of becoming the first African-American man to qualify for the Indy 500. So our good, good dude, the man who does so many of our... T-shirts and tunes and everything. Roger Warwick came up with a delightful T-shirt design, so that's going to be on sale there for the very first time. So all kinds of fun stuff coming to you at the Speedway. Let's get going here. Our pal Jeremiah Morrell. Everybody's my pal tonight, by the way. Uh, Jeremiah Morrell, you uh, kick off the proceedings saying, Dreddy Autosport is still in the back half of the timesheet. How real are the fears? One or more of their entries being in the last row shootout. Hmm. I would say there's a reason to be slightly concerned. Spent about, I don't know, 10 minutes on the phone today after the end of the session with our man Ryan Hunter ray for a story. Hopefully you'll be reading Friday about passing potentials and whatnot. And I don't know if this was specific to his team, his car in isolation from everyone else, Jeremiah. It sounds like things are a little bit tricky and treacherous out there, uh, especially as temperatures come up. So if you look at the Andretti team in general, like you, definitely surprised we haven't seen one or two drivers, at least, with a constant presence in or around the top 10. Got to fall back to the caveat, right? It's, It's a couple days of testing here where we're practicing we're getting ready we're trying to do a lot of things conditions are changing track is rarely ever clear what are the objectives that they're working towards they're not always ready to divulge that we can deduce some of those things right when we see name one of the andretti drivers roll out and do two warm-up laps and four laps as much as they can by themselves and pit well again ding 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 obviously someone's just done a qualifying simulation does that sometimes get ruined being in proximity to another car getting a tow giving a little bit of a false read yes what if they're out running in a pack either all together or with other cars pretty clear they're working on race trim how good are the cars though how much Improvement? do they have to make? These are some of the things that based on the time and conditions and when the times were set, where it was in the day, how optimal it was or was not. Again, just some of these little things where you go, boy, I wish we could look at the time sheets today, cheat today and say, aha, the person who is fastest has the best car and the person person who is slowest has the worst not always the case i know that numerically those items are true but tony canaan who was fastest who i spoke with as well yeah he wasn't super happy with the car had speed time that he set that speed was pretty darn good but uh, he is not someone who would be super happy to go race that car as it went to the top of the chart today so not trying to throw a lot of variables at you for no reason here, Jeremiah. Just trying to state that have I expected, like you, for the Andretti team to be higher up? Yes. Am I full panic mode that they aren't? No. But with six cars, <laughs> with <laughs> uh, a lot of the field, I think it would be strange if at least one of their cars was not flirting towards that last row shootout Sunday morning. So I don't know which one exactly, but I know Michael is someone who is probably dealing with a very hoarse voice right now. Uh, send him all the throat lozenges and little honey whatever is that you can because knowing how much investment goes in and the expectations that are held... Oh, I'm not totally sure that he'd be super, super happy. Um, let's move on. Clay Williams, do you think any car went too far with their air changes this year? It almost seems too easy to pass. Artificial, if you will. Clay, my friend, if I were to read that to pretty much all the drivers, they would laugh or be Stunned. And that is after speaking to quite a few extremely talented drivers who know the cars, know what they want from them, know how to get them in a good space with engineering calls and whatnot, working closely to refine great vehicles, the item that you've sent in here is something that has not been matched in any conversation I've had with any driver this week or engineer. So I would say no, absolutely not, in terms of IndyCar going too far. have a story as well with Tino Belli, IndyCar's director of aerodynamics, about those changes. Just a little bit of an explainer, which might help a little bit to uh, add some more clarity on some things. Biggest issue here is running in a pack... And the easy to pass for what you might have seen, what I've heard described, what'll be in that story about drafting, passing, and whatnot, is not a case of, oh, the cars feel relatively easy or easier to drive, and we can get by one another with ease. It's, yes, when someone is in a very bad way, which seems to be about half the cars on any given lap, The ones who aren't in as bad of a way can go by. And I'm not saying they're all bad. Don't get me wrong. Just the comments that I've heard over and over and over again are, yeah, if you're first or second, you're going to be able to pass a lot. You're going to be able to trade positions. That'll be cool. If you're third and back, if you're farther back, if you're just stuck in a pack in general, you're going to have to hammer away and hammer away and hammer away and spend a lot of time trying to get by the car in front of you. And more often than not, from the feedback I've received, Clay, it's been drivers saying, we shoot by a car when they start struggling. Not, I'm able, based on being on a heck of a run and everything's great, being able to just go by on pure merit and speed. It's usually something going wrong for the person in front of me that allows me to rock it by to give a, a dramatic looking pass or <laughs> I just became the victim of a dramatic looking pass because whoa my car is not very happy and that was the reason I was able to be passed so it's kind of the improving your position on the other person's deficit compared to your car being so awesome you can go around just on pure competitive excellence so Coming back to the arrow bits, the downforce bits, it's not a huge change. So, of the things I'm trying to parse out, still trying to understand what's the mix? What's the blend? Uh, Ryan Hunter Ray was asking, is there something related to a track sealer, maybe? That once the track temperature gets up to like 110, 115, 120 degrees, does it bubble up or something like it? He said he described it as, I think uh ice skating and tennis shoes right like just the slipperiest thing possible so this really has nothing to do with aero spec so much just is it heat plus track plus drivers still wishing that they had more overall downforce i'm not totally sure but i do know that i haven't had anyone so far say oh it's aero bad aero Either there's too much downforce or just a drastic lack. Just sounds like there's some other dynamics at play here that is not being super helpful. Uh, Thomas Gross, should Foyt be hitting the panic button yet? I'd say so, my friend. They have, except for what Sebastian's run to like, what was it, P5? I forget the number, but Seb was quick in a tow on Wednesday. They weren't fast. On Tuesday, Seb obviously had a motor that uh, asked to be changed prematurely. Today, there was not a lot of the speed that you want to have. And, yeah, altogether, Thomas, you got to feel a little bit worried, right? When uh, When you see where they're at and you see that 20s is the place they're living in general, uh, there was a point today, and I, I apologize, I probably should have written it down, but it was something like all four Foyt cars were clustered together from like, I don't know what it was, P28, 29, 30, and 31, or might have even been a little bit lower than that, uh, but they were all together, And they were all really slow. So, knowing how much on our show here, we love our French fry. And we love all the members of the AJ Foyt Racing Team. Uh, Yeah. Uh, What, Charlie Kimball, P29. Dalton Kellett was the outlier, right, among the group P24. But after him, Seb was 34th and last. Uh, next to last, I'm sorry. Um, right, this was not uh, not everything that you'd you'd really hoped for, um, and I apologize. I think I was just looking at uh, the wrong list, but whatever I was looking at, all I can tell you is that no, in fact, they have not had the speed that they really truly want and uh, really really need. Um, And no, I think I was looking at the right list, but what do you say? They spend a lot of money, a lot of time. They have a, a lot of good people working for them. If Andretti is looking a little bit out of sorts, I know Colton was P10. Hunter Ray was, was what P12. So not dire, but you know, they got a lot of other cars that aren't super speedy. If one of the giant teams that won not so long ago, uh, the Indy 500, can be on the struggle bus, you got to wonder about a smaller team trying to move up the order, trying to do big things, but also expanding out to four cars for the 500. Asking the obvious question here. Resources stretch too thin. Seb's 34th, Hildebrand's 30th, Kimball's 29th, and Dalton's 24th. Zero disrespect to our young, sophomore IndyCar driver, Dalton Kellett. But should Jer Hildebrand be in 30th in anyone's vehicle? No. Charlie Kimball? This guy is a baller on ovals. That's where Chuck is. We can always count on him. If he has a good car, he's going to be raging. Is Chuck really a P29 guy? Seb? Like, on what planet... Sebastian Bourdais, 34th in practice, did 81 laps, right? I mean, it wasn't a modest, minor, yeah, we went out did a couple things, but eh, no, You know, there are others that ran more, but this is in the upper echelon of effort. So collectively, P24 through P34, <sighs> things I did not expect us to be contemplating here, Thomas at this point in the event. Uh, Nathan DeRover, do you think that Rahul Letterman lanigan will have to crop the 45 car from that photo opportunity? Oh, no. Nathan, I love you. Don't ever change. Uh, Let's talk about this for a minute, uh, and then we're going to start winding down. Like I said, we don't want to make these episodes too long, and i got more work to do. Uh, Let's see. uh, Andrew Miller, you added in on this subject. Colton Herta said, don't blame the spotter, uh, but... Shouldn't there be blame there? Several folks were running with a rabbit's foot out there. Uh, Andrew also adds, and of course, big blame on the Hall squad. Well, I know that that came up. You know, where was the spotter? I, it just felt to me like a key thing was missed here. It's the opening lap, right? Uh, <laughs> um. There's no car high, car low, really, for the most part, on the opening lap? And again, now again, did did I miss the fact that he might have done one lap before? I don't know. Again, uh, so whatever it was, it's the first or second lap of practice, right? Uh, There should be no need for a spotter, right? There should be nothing needing to coach up a driver in terms of cars coming behind, or up front but when you have something kind of artificial like this thrown in again i can't speak for the spotter don't know what he saw or didn't see etc cetera, etc cetera. you know of course you would have hoped that he would have seen the whole thing and called it out and right would have been the uh the emergency break on this whole thing but yeah i of, of course you can run down the line and say, "Why didn't a lot of people do things differently?" I didn't fully grasp the need for a penalty in the beginning, and I it changed a little bit. I had one friend who say, "Well," said who, Jesus. All right, I'm going to try and speak. I'm not drunk yet. Um, I had one friend who said, "Hey, this is different. You know, everyone's familiar with the opening day." First lap, you know, uh, team formation type thing. That's been going on for decades. I've seen it for decades. Uh, Old tradition. Not a surprise if you were to see that first practice session, first lap out of the pits. But on the third day, well, that's a foul. You're not supposed to do that. I don't agree with that part, right? I realize the lap one, day one thing is the, quote, tradition, but... If you If you're gonna do it then, I don't really see any reason why you wouldn't or couldn't do it to start the morning on any other day. But where this takes a bit of a different angle is one of the questions I saw I don't might have been on Twitter, I apologize, if I don't have it right in front of me. But um, uh, Sean Starkey, sorry, you said, did Penske have permission to do theirs? What's the difference between their flying V and RLLs? Uh, and that's because on Tuesday morning, Team Penske did indeed send their car straight out. They went across the uh, yard of bricks, four breast or whatever, and there's your photo op. And now, was there someone truly taking a photo, or was it more for video, uh, or was it just people standing close taking photos with their phone from the team? I can't tell you. I don't know if this is truly photographers in the stands arranged to take uh, the images of that. or But again, it's just... Not an uncommon thing to see first thing out starting the month of May. From what I understand, having asked Team Penske, they did alert IndyCar that they wanted to do it and received the thumbs up. Keep in mind, Roger Penske owns the series. It'd be strange for his team, his cars, to go out and just do what they want. So in asking the team, Sean... Uh, they did say yes, got permission, did it. I do not have confirmation that Ray Hallerman-Lanigan did not have permission. I have heard that from a couple of decent sources that they might not have asked and then gotten approval or denial. Rang two members of the team, one person who owns a lot of it and another person as well and neither answered and or responded so i don't have an official answer answer for you there sean but it sounds like the reason there was no penalty on tuesdays because they asked got permission the reason that today's received a penalty i don't think was so much about the permission uh first and foremost it was causing a caution right out of the gate stop everything we just had a crash behind you doing this thing that i don't think they knew was going to be done um yeah that's why there was a penalty applied high uh you caught a number of cars by surprise right mclaughlin had no idea what was going on in front of him nor did he know what was about to happen behind him Obviously, he took part in the four wide on Tuesday. I'm just saying him coming up on this, as he said, like, I really wasn't fully sure what was going on. And so could we try and blame Colton's spotter? Uh, No, I really don't think so. I would have loved for the spotter to have seen everything and put the pin back in the grenade. But this was a situation made by someone else. Colton, whether he knew about it or not, did his best to adjust on the fly and it just didn't work out so i'm okay with uh the the penalty coming down sean you also asked about my pick for Poland speed i have no idea brother uh we're gonna have to see fast friday before i'd even want to venture a guess because uh we haven't seen enough individual laps i haven't seen enough individual laps to have any real feel for who's really worthy of being mentioned for that say Connor's been pretty darn quick. A few others have been pretty darn quick, but again, let's take down force off. Let's turn boost up. I just need to see the, the data before I'd even want to suggest. And my suggestions are always wrong. Uh, Matt Philpot, you're helping us to close here. Uh, Santino and his big hit, the big crash. Yes, indeed. Uh, evaluated and released from the hospital, not yet cleared to drive. They're going to do another evaluation Friday morning. Uh, Says so sounds like he'll be okay, but does this lower expectations for him for the race? Eh, if the car is back out on track uh, right on time after their thirty-minute penalty is paid tomorrow morning or very soon after? No, not really. The kid is super talented, especially on ovals. Uh, I don't think his confidence has taken any real hit. So uh, I think he's going to be just fine. Ethan Patrick, you throw in who takes Santino's car if he can't drive? I would be very surprised if a kid by the name of Spencer Piggott did not get the call right there for that. Uh, Tony Mueller, you're also helping us to wind down. How can Mark Andretti go from pole to nowhere in less than a year? Is it a different tub or different engineers? Or Here's what I can tell you, Tony. And it doesn't answer your quest- the specific questions you've asked, but just ride with me here. What has shocked me in hearing the radio transmissions played on NBC on Peacock has been Marco's mindset. Taking time away, just exhaling for six plus months, not being stuck in the grind of full-time racing, at peace, at this, at that. This is where I really thought he was going to be at, coming into the indy 500 i know that his car hasn't been super fast i know the team as we've discussed hasn't been a rocket ship but what has blown me away is how easily it appears or i should say sounds like marco is back into the worst mental rabbit holes that we have heard him wander down very frequently at the Indy 500, and other tracks. So that's the thing that has surprised me. The thing that has always separated Marco from being a great, like his father, his grandfather, uncle, and so on, it's all mental approach, right? It's not talent. The guy is insanely talented. It's the... Knocking himself down mentally, getting into a darker, unhappier headspace, and a spiral. I really thought we were going to see a guy who was just covered in armor this year. Happy, positive, it's all going to bounce off me, I. it's going to be nothing but sunshine. And man, it has been storm clouds pretty darn constantly, so... I think our answer is kind of sort of in there, my friend. Obviously, a fast car solves a lot of things. But look, half the field, more than half the field is grumpy every single day. More than half the field goes to bed going, man, I need more speed. And yet they don't take themselves out of the game mentally. So, hmm. Uh, Jameen Tuttle asking about which part-time team or driver do you think has the best opportunity to turn an amazing May into a full-time opportunity? I'd have to lean towards Simona with Peretta Autosport if they can find all the necessary funding. Probably require maybe a change in full-time employer. I don't know if Simona wants to stay with Porsche if she were to have a full-time IndyCar contract offered but I would say she's not doing a ton of racing with Porsche. So while there's a lot of stature that comes with being a factory Porsche driver, you could be a factory anything driver. And if you're not driving a lot, uh, so I think if Preta Autosport has a positive month, sponsors are happy. Attention is garnered all those things. I think Beth's ability to expand the program and hopefully do that with Simona that's where my uh that's where my little happy mental space comes from uh let's see who closes greg secor do most teams fit a fresh engine for qualifying all depends uh if i remember correctly all the uh indie only teams basically use the engine they get to start that's theirs for the month that's it you're not getting extras uh, I'm trying to remember, and I apologize. It's just truly brain farting on my part, Greg. Whether it's before qualifying or leading into the race, where the uh, the hot, fresh, happy motors go in, um, part of me thinks what's in right now is what gets used, and then coming out of qualifying, uh, we'll get the uh, the kind of latest and greatest going into all the cars that are uh, in need of those those that aren't the uh, indie only entries all right i am marshall pruitt this is our day at indy with eh, unfortunately me as the guest I'm gonna say big thanks to you cooper tires justice brothers and torontomotorsports.com and tomorrow friday who do we have who 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 oh we got the greatest the greatest nut job indie car racing has ever known william jehoshaphat power dj willie p he's gonna be our uh our our spiritual guide talking about fast friday and going into qualifying uh if there i mean if you want to talk about pole sean if power isn't on that list at every race or something wrong so that's why i wanted him on uh work so we're gonna have some fun so look forward to speaking to you then